0: of the front office news back again for another podcast today we have a special guest special Somebody, yeah, special everybody knows who this guy is especially <laughs> from the cincinnati area we got the great alex meacham on the get on the podcast alex how you doing man
1: i'm doing well i'm doing well thanks for having me i appreciate the introduction i appreciate you throwing great in there <laughs> that's uh that's uh that's that's good i like that i like yeah. that
0: I do what I can, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I can't complain. Yeah? Yeah, good. man. So, you know, me, everybody's been paying attention. Meach had me on his podcast. It was about a month ago?
1: Yeah, it was actually. It was right after the uh, Crosstown shootout.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Man, so time's flying, man. And then, you know, we it's, thought we would have a lot more to talk about today.
1: Seems like forever ago since the, the Bearcats played, so
0: true true so as everybody knows the Bearcats are in the middle of a sixth game shutdown pretty much because of you know COVID relations and uh me and Meech we talked about you know the team before you know if you guys listen to the pod on his podcast um just about you know back then they still had you know rap you know vote was still (laughs) starting uh so since it's been so long uh what, what do you, what do you want to, I mean, if the team gets back on the, you know, on the court, hopefully sooner than later, you know, what kind of, do you, what do you want to see out of this team, you know, with how ever many games they get to play, you know, the rest of the season?
1: So um, I just recorded a new podcast for, for my podcast, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast.
0: Check that out guys.
1: That's right. Check it out. <laughs> um, I, and I actually addressed this of what, what I would like to see moving forward. And, and this is what I think Bearcat fans have to understand. Yep. Because of just how crazy the times are right now with COVID, um, we don't know how many games they're going to play. Yep. Um, in my opinion, I think we need to look at this basketball team as how can we develop the young guys and get everybody kind of acclimated to a system for next year. Yes. Three and seven right now. Yep. And the way it looks, first of all, I don't think we're going to make the NCAA tournament, <laughs> right? Just being honest. I don't know if we're going to make any tournament. I don't know if it'll be a tournament. Yeah. You just don't know. However, I think the development of the young players is vital right now. So you look at Atari Easton, who I think is going to be a pro. Yeah, same. And, right? You agree with that?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, and you know, I watch him. And Tari's kind of like that throwback Bearcat player. You know, he has, he has all the ingredients of, of a guy that wears the red and black. Definitely. He's got a little bit of that toughness. You can see he's got a little attitude. You know, he's long. I mean, he just you can just think back to guys before him that he kind of reminds you of. And so I think his development and getting him prepared for next season is vital because I think he's going to be a highlighted guy.
0: Yeah.
1: year uh, and, and the difference too is when you go from like Tari has kind of snuck in there next year ain't no sneaking in there
0: mm-hmm. true true People
1: are gonna be on the lookout for him they've scouted him so when he's in the you know if he catches the ball in, in the post they're gonna know which shoulder he likes to turn over yeah. they're gonna you know what I'm saying that all those yeah. are gonna be scouted so he's got to be prepared for that um but I, I just think the development I mean Zach Harvey I've loved the progression of mm-hmm. Zach Harvey this same. year, right? And and I, th- I think there are a couple of things you got to think about with with Zach, and and that is he's been he's been a little banged up, a little hurt, yep. a rocky start. But now you're starting to see him healthy. You're starting to see him more confident, and you know his development I think is very very important moving forward.
0: Same same. I know I just, I'm
1: talking out there. I'm no, nah, about- that's
0: cool, man. That's cool because I mean it's without the games, you know, we kind of just. I'm just having fun, man. I'm like, I want to get Micho on here and have some fun and talk a little bit about some stuff. So I literally just wrote maybe before I thought they were going to, I know they were gone two games. I thought maybe they would play the third game. So I wrote an article about, you know, about, Alex, I mean, not Alex, but, um, but Zach, how he's progressed, you know, just talked about kind of, you know, everybody understood he was, a, you know, a top prospect coming in, mm-hmm. but, you know, he reclassified. Everybody kind of glosses over that. Like he's technically supposed to just be a freshman this year. So that's huge. And, then you know, he's had those injuries like before season, so it slowed him down. But it's good to see him just kind of hitting stride and having that confidence and showing what he can do. You know, he can score at all three levels. You can see it. You know, he can finish at the rim. has a good mid-range. You know, he definitely can shoot the thing, you know, when his confidence is going. So it's good to see him, you know, and, show yeah. it up to everybody.
1: And also, to, JT, to piggyback what you're saying, um, along with the offensive side with with Harvey, I think, next year he's so important defensively yeah long he can guard yeah he's a he's a crucial piece I think yeah moving forward definitely definitely I think JT I think um developing not only developing the talent that is there but also getting them to understand the complexity of John Brandon's system Mm -hmm. and I think I think the products we'll see next year will be a lot more polished, you know. Okay, I get what you're saying and and I hope I mean we just don't know how this this whole pandemic, I hear there's a there's a second strand coming that's gonna, you know, be tough. We don't know how the vaccines gonna, you know, yeah. work and all that stuff. But um hopefully the Bearcats have some sort of, you know, off season, um, unlike they did this year. Yeah. You, Coach Brandon and the staff can kind of get their hands on the guys and, and work with them. And I think we'll see a more polished product next year. So I'm thinking about the future, to be honest with you.
0: Have to. It, I mean, honestly, because what, what, what I'll i give you my train of thought, you know, just throwing it out there before, like we talked, you know, before the bowl game and everything. So I thought, you know, all right, they might have been like, what, two and two or something, two and three at the time. All right. I thought by now, even though they were, you know, three and seven, you know, they would have six more games. I thought the next five games was pivotal, you know, on if they were going to still have a chance or how it was going to look, or they're going to pull it out or who knows, but with them not playing those six games, it's kind of, it's just like you said, it's, I think they have to develop the young people and just let them, let them feel comfortable in their roles pretty much for next year. And then they're getting game play game, game minutes now, because who knows, like you said, how their practicing and training is going to be during the off season. Hopefully you know, COVID calms down. But like you said, they do say they had a second strand that's supposed to be even tougher. Hopefully the vaccines are cool. But, you know, like this offseason was, you know, one for the ages, especially for basketball. And you can see it on the court, you know, you know, barely any fans. Some places do have them. Um, I mean, even just looking at other teams, you know, like a, a notorious team like Duke and UK, you know, you know, Duke's five and five. I mean, I don't even know if you I think we have more wins in UK, I think. And I haven't. You know, that's when does that happen? You know, yeah. so it's crazy. So um, it's just an uncharted territory. And like I said, I think they have to right now, it's all about the young guys, you know, you know, I think so. Like the better they can, you know, acclimate themselves and get ready for next year. I think, you know, third year in the program, some people, and, then you know, I think it'd just be better.
1: And overall. I would say this too. Um, every, every college team's situation is different. So I've seen some Bearcat fans on Twitter go, well, how come the Bearcats aren't further along, but this team is, or that team is yeah. everybody's dynamic is different. Yeah. And, and you just, you, you can't say UC's dynamic is the same as, you know, this other college team or that. Yep. Everyone has its own unique, you know, situation challenges and all that. And I, and I think, based on from last year to this year everything they've they've had to deal with i think coach brandon has done an excellent job and you know the job that he's doing will probably not get the credit until later yeah 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 so, you know sometimes you just got to you know you know coaches have told me this mentors have told me this and that is sometimes you just got to put your head down and just work and just yeah. and and just you know Forget about all the outside noise. Don't worry about that because if you do that and you work and you work, good things will happen. I think that's what's going on with this Bearcat team. Like they're, they're putting their heads down, they're working, um, and good things are going to happen. And we're going to look a year or two from now and and, and people are going to be talking like like they are about Fickle, about Coach Brandon, yeah. build a statue and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's yep. going to happen as much as people don't want to – don't want
0: to believe it yeah it's just people aren't used to you You see you know losing you know so that's the only thing but I mean it's not like I mean I, I like what he's done he's he's adjusted it's taken him a while he have not had many practices he went to small ball a L- lot of coaches would have just kept yeah. going you know hitting the head against the wall at least he's like, trying to adjust you know it's like okay voters isn't playing as strong as expected all right but you got to have him come off the bench, you know, a lot of play, you know, a lot of coaches wouldn't do that. They would just keep trying to, you know, nail that hammer, you know, hit the hammer against the wall and hit the head against the wall with no effect, you know, against that brick. So at least he's trying. Um, it just they got a young team. They got a super young team. Uh, I, I'll tell everybody, like the loss of Trey Scott is like the biggest, it was more than just the numbers, you know, let's, like you said, we talked about that many a times. Um, mm-hmm. Just a huge player communication, and then this year done, not having a normal offseason. Somebody like him, being that gel on the back end, I think was is missed. Of course, not even think. I, I just believe that's um, kind of one of the things because you have Eason pretty much being the new trade. Mm-hmm. You know, and tra- you know Eason is you know a freshman and he's super talented, next level. But you know it's hard for somebody to come in from high school. Oh. And then, it, you know, take that reign to where Trey was at. You know what I mean? So I think that hurt some uh, – I mean, I think that hurt his team a lot, per se. And it was bigger than what everybody kind of thought it would be.
1: The, the, you're, you're 100% correct. The value of Trey Scott is, is, wasn't realized until this year. Yep. And I think even more uh, than Tari, I think Jeremiah Davenport – um, was trying to fill that role. He's an energy guy. He's yeah. a guy. He's a pulling everybody together. Yeah. And, and, Trey's one of those guys where everyone's, you know, sitting around the house on the couch, and he's grabbing everybody. Hey, man, let's get up. Let's go to the party. Let's go do this yeah. and that. That's who Trey Scott is, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Every team needs that guy. I think Jeremiah is that same type of infectious personality that goes,
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, guys, let's go, let's go, let's go to this party. The only problem is he's young he's still learning the system yeah. Whereas Trey in his last year, you know, he has been around for a while. Yeah. Program guy. He's been around. Yeah. remember Trey, Trey had struggles. Yeah. On.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I've had, I've had many of discussions through, through Trey's career at the university of Cincinnati and just the progress that he's made to where he felt comfortable his senior year saying, this is my team. I am leading this team. Of course, everybody looked at Jaron as he's the best, quote-unquote, the best player. Yeah. But Trey was the most important player on
0: that basketball team. You're right. You're right. That
1: that is hard. Two things. That's hard to replace. You don't replace a Trey Scott. You look for somebody to kind of develop into that role. Yeah. And then with Jaron, here's the thing with losing a guy like Jaron Cumberland. Here you lose a guy who – in the closing seconds of a game, over and over, he knows how to close a game. Yep, yep. And this team just doesn't have that guy um, yeah. it, it, right now. Um, yeah. I hope so. We were hoping that Keith can kind of step in that role. Yeah. But, you know, he just – you know, there's, there's times where you see Keith start to turn the corner, and then he kind of takes some steps back. Yep, yeah. Free throw shooting. And I think it was all mental for Keith. Yep. Um and and listen, these these kids are going through a lot. Like there's I'm not criticizing Keith. The situation is what it is, but I think if we had, like you said, if we had a glue guy like a Trey and you have a guy like a Jaron who you know you put the ball in his hands at the end of the game and feel confident in closing the game, I think it'd be a different situation. So I'm saying all that to say the future. I see that happening. I see those type of players in the yeah. of being a part of this program and we're getting back to that type of success.
0: Yep. I believe, I believe that too, man. I definitely believe that. So I think, I think next year, I think next year they'll be fine. Um, I wouldn't mind it. Hopefully they can get a couple of bigs just to help, you know, a couple of athletic bigs.
1: Well, here's you know. the, here's the question. All right. So, you know, I'm in the AAU world having, you know, I have thirty AU basketball teams. Yeah, in a uh, well, in a non-pandemic year, we have about thirty teams. I, uh-huh. I don't know how many we'll have this year, but so I'm out in the AU world. I'm on the AU circuit, and so what happens is in the recruiting period, there are basically two live periods, and what that means is the college coaches can be out; they can sit and watch players play AU games. Mm-hmm. So right now, as as the way it stands, in a perfect in a perfect year, yep. it would be two weekends in April Okay. in July, okay? There's, I guess, one week in July. Okay. As of right now, those two weekends in April psh, are gone. That's the inside scoop. I don't know, this is probably not even out publicly, but oh, wow. they, matter of fact, if you go to the NCAA website, the recruiting period is still up, Yeah. but I've been told by my sources that it's gonna get canceled. Dang. You're no live recruiting period in april so that's putting you're putting one weekend basically two days of recruiting in july which if things keep going as forecasted i don't know that there'll be a july recruiting period so last year there was zero recruiting period for for any college coach so you mean to tell me this is be the second year of that so from a recruiting standpoint how these coaches do it first of all recruiting in a normal year is crazy yeah yeah definitely. The pandemic year doing doing like zoom tours of the yeah. campus and all, it's, it's got to be crazy. crazy it's it's tough i don't know how i know they've got to get like you said some bigs they've, they've got to get some guys and, and yeah. here's the thing here's the thing it's not like it's not like coach brandon his staff can just go out and get anybody and just you know fill bodies in yeah exactly this is no knock on Mick Cronin, but um, sometimes Mick would just go out and get guys and then figure it out. Yeah, like yeah, he'd yeah. Go, Okay, this guy's got a big body; he can do this and that. We'll plug him in. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's actually not a, it's not a diss on Mick. It's more of a compliment of he did a great job, I think, developing.
0: Yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. Like
1: Gary Clark's, you know, you look at the guys of the past, even yeah. Trey the Scotts, they really developed under, under Mick. Whereas Coach Brannon has this structured system and he needs guys to function in certain ways yeah. that fit his system. So yeah. like that matrix, you know, so yeah. he's went out finding his pieces. He just can't go grab anybody. It disrupts the system.
0: Yeah, definitely. So,
1: but the beauty of coach Brannon's system, in my opinion, is it makes for a better run come tournament time.
0: That's, that's, that's honestly, you can, you take away. That's what a Bearcat Nation is starving for, honestly, just those consistent runs. Cause you see the teams that I feel like you sees in that same kind of like um, tier, you know, you see like the Gonzaga's, you know, where they might not be in the best conference, you know, known to man, but they're a good team. They can take their lunch pail anywhere and play in, against any team. You know, now they're a top ten team. I haven't checked them out in a while, but you know, they're getting great recruits and it's just been building up since Few's been there for what, 15, 15 years? Bravo. You Bravo. know, so and he's all he's built them up like slowly but surely. And I just feel like UC is that type of team, especially in being in a lower tier conference. I mean, you know, the AAC isn't is a good conference. They have good teams, but it's not like the big ten, you know, um, you know, of course, right? So it's like a step down. So you see, I just feel like they they have the blueprint is Gonzaga to me. Like that's always been that for me. Like the last ten years, I always thought U.C. can be Gonzaga mm-hmm. until like if they get an invite in, you know, the Big Twelve or the a, you know, ACC. You know, everybody would be happy, but until then, I think that's U.C. should be Gonzaga Midwest, and I feel like Brandon is recruiting to be similar to that. Where I thought. Cronin, I mean, he he did get good players, people players that people are always gonna remember. But at times, he had a lot of whiffs where it was like, ah, uh, you know, yep. that's no diss, you know, to Cronin, but it's just you know, it's I think it's facts, you know. Yes. And then you know, cl- you know, clomb, comb in the backyard too, you know, like these young kids around here, bro, they have to get offers, you know. So now that they're getting offers, I personally feel better. Even if they say no, man, you just got to throw it out there. I just, we can't have these top tier kids that, you know, we've been, you know, we bump into kids at the grocery store and like, oh, that's a little whoever. And, you know, he's one of the best kids in the nation and he doesn't have an offer from UC. Like you can't have that, you know, and or this kid that, oh, my son played basketball with him since he was little and he doesn't have an offer from UC, you know. So it's like it has to, yeah. you know, we got to get those offered out there, you know, because you just
1: never know, you know. So- so I I somebody somebody must have told you. said so that ask Alex <laughs> about local recruiting. You'll get him fired up. Yeah, right, let's do it. Once again, me being in the AU world, yeah. um, I see all these kids. You know, yeah. I, I see I see kids and I I played at UC, not that I was like Steve Logan, Melvin Levitt, I wasn't a great player. Yeah. I think I know what it takes, the ingredients a player needs to play at that type of level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when, when Nick was there. Um, there were several players that i'm like he's got to offer this kid yeah and it's none of my business i i always kind of remove myself from those situations because, yeah you know it's mixed job it's his staffs you know coach davis and, and coach jackson it's, it's those guys you know job they get paid a lot to do this yeah so one time i gotta tell the story <laughs> <All right. laughs> one time um, i was t- i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name the coach but I was talking to one of Mick's assistants, and I said, um, "Coach, you have to offer this kid." And I'm gonna tell you the kid is in a second. All and right. he goes, "Ah, Mick, uh, you know Mick doesn't think he can play here." And I said, "Well, what do you think?" And he was like, "I don't, I don't know if he fits our system." And I said, "Well, both of you all are wrong. Like <laughs> this, <laughs> this kid." can absolutely play. And sometimes, you know, to, to, to their credit, they have to, they, they're, they're coaching their team at UC. They've yeah. got a hundred kids they're recruiting. They don't know the small nuances of certain kids. So when you've got a guy like myself, or, you know, let's say Kenyon Martin, or somebody tells them about a kid, you've got to trust that person. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. been there. So I told them about Carly Jones. <laughs> and they told me Carly Jones could not play at the University of Cincinnati. That's crazy. And, and you know what? Um, Carly Jones was under-recruited Definitely. Going to Radford. Yep. And I told everybody. I watched I watched Carly Jones um when he was at Aiken in his last year, and he they Aiken made that run to the final. Uh, yeah, one. yep, yep. And Carly sure. Jones, he was Chris Paul. Like he was prime Chris Paul on the court. And I'm like, you gotta take this kid. He's one of the best guards that has come out of here. Yeah. And people just wouldn't believe me. Yeah. And next thing you know, Carly runs through Radford. Like he, yeah, yeah. he he's at game winners. He's played. <laughs> he, he won player of the week more than any other freshman in like the history of like <laughs> basketball. It was crazy. And then then he jumps into the portal. Yeah. And he was the number one guard in the portal, and obviously he's now at Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Think about this. Think about this. You've got Carly Jones at Louisville. You've got Miles McBride yeah. at West Virginia. Yeah. So yeah. just think, if these two kids are guards at the <laughs> University of Cincinnati. Man. I mean, Jackson Hayes, There is Baisley, who yeah. are now pros. Yeah. I mean, Miles McBride's gonna be a pro. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yep, for sure. Right? No question. No question. So, man, you got me going on this this local. Yeah. But anyway, Coach Brandon is is he's putting his arms around. And I don't, yeah. and I'm not trying to like, um, you know, diss on Mick. I don't. I don't mean to do that. Yeah. Great job building the program to to getting it back to. Um, yeah, for sure. Sustainable model, but. Um, I, I I did I wish he would have recruited locally a little bit more. He he could have had a starting. Club. Think about this. I'm sorry, I told you, man. You no,
0: to, uh, no, it's cool.
1: Think about it's this. Cool. Just think about Carly Jones, Miles McBride, CJ Frederick is at Iowa. Oh ah,
0: yeah, slice out.
1: You you could you could almost have a starting five of guys from you know southwest Ohio, northern oh, yeah. Kentucky that are just yeah me true. Go gotta, true gotta get your backyard
0: true man that's so that's why I like i like that brandon's doing that so he's I, I feel like i mean he's i'd rather swing and miss than not swing you know what i mean so that's that's my thing so uh what was the kid that went to uh virginia oh, i think we talked about this last time too but the kid that went to virginia that was the guard guy oh uh kyle guy kyle guy you know he was a Big UC fan. He was like, I didn't get an offer.
1: (laughs) There's a picture of him on Instagram wearing a Cincinnati Bearcat shirt as a kid at Kings Island. Yeah, And he was never offered a scholarship. He never
0: offered. And and you see when somebody like said something to him? He was like, why didn't you come to UC? I heard you're a big UC fan. He was just like, I never got an offer. And that was just it.
1: Jackson Hayes said the same thing. That's crazy. Jackson Hayes said he was never offered a scholarship. Now, we, we can be critical of that we don't know necessarily. Sometimes there are situations where, you know, maybe maybe Jackson Hayes, and I, I, I'm just making Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Maybe he has a pipeline in Texas already. Like, maybe his dad's good friend is the assistant in yeah. Texas. And it's known that, look, he's going to even recruit him. Yeah. There's situations like that. True. Or you see might be recruiting, you know, like look at Kashmir Wright. Kashmir Wright was – um, UC had already recruited somebody and so Kashmir decided I think he was going to go to Auburn right yes yeah and, I think something and then something happened and then he switched and he did up coming to UC but yeah. sometimes you're recruiting somebody and can't get this other guy I understand there's the complexity with that I guess my, my big thing is there's so much talent if you just draw a circle around this yeah. area just
0: right draw, yep just put complexity. a compass boom and I feel like you do that, and then you just you let it fall where it may. You know, if it works out, cool. If it doesn't, cool too. But you gotta shoot your shot, man, on on these guys. And then you see him like he's from Cincinnati. Like I, I literally was it this weekend. I'm like telling my son like he's from Cincinnati. He's like what? You know, like just little stuff, just so he sees like yeah, you don't. You can, you know, if you take this stuff serious, you might have a chance. Who knows? But uh I'm like, look, he's from Cincinnati. Like, he's from Cincinnati, like, yeah, play that, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you seeing him on national TV doing his thing. And then like you find out the kid didn't even get an offer from UC. It's crazy. Man. Yeah. But uh
1: Bob Huggins used to be like that. He he used to be like the best player in this area. He goes, he's coming to UC. Yeah. Look at Bobby Brandon, you know, Damon Flint. Yeah always after the top guy
0: yeah
1: Tell me, you see it makes
0: sense man it makes sense
1: and, and it helps you. that helps with your fandom so you know as you as you build there's one thing to have fans but then you build a fandom yeah. and that's, you have local guys that have success and that end up you know hopefully going and playing professionally yep and that's that's how you build that that fandom true
0: man true so so yeah, we, we talked about you know what we want to see for the, from the team if they get to play some more. <laughs> Talk about recruiting. So we gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna change changing gears. We are gonna go off off the rail.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: Off the rail, just off the head. I'm thinking about it right now. All right, so top five kicks, Alex. Top five. We're gonna go there. Yeah, we go on top five. I know you you're a sneaker guy, so this is gonna be a good good conversation for people to ask. To listen.
1: So okay, so you thought I was gonna get going with recruiting. Now we're gonna, talk two, <laughs> yeah, now we're gonna, we're gonna keep going. Okay, going,
0: we're gonna keep keep going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so you want me to go uh, five to one? We start with number five and go all the way. Yeah, one. yep,
0: yep, yep. Go five to one.
1: Okay, now I, I need to preface this by saying for for those that you know are listening that that don't know me, um, I'm I'm a Jordan shoe collector. Um, I have gosh, over 400. I'm not even sure what the number is right now, but over 400 J's. Um, I did have, I would have had close to 500, but I gave like 80 plus away to char- to a charity event. Nice. Um, to, some, to some kids. Um, but so my, my top three are, always stay the same. My five and four often, they often rotate. So okay. um, number five, which a lot is a lot of people's number one but not my number one the uh, cool gray 11s are number five okay um, I love the I love the way they look obviously the pat leather 11s yeah um, really changed it changed the game
0: for sure for um, sure
1: he, When he wore those it, it just it was what was so crazy about the pat leather 11s is it took athletic and business <laughs> And they just clashed, right? And that yeah. was, so that was like if one shoe could represent Michael Jordan, it was like business yeah. and athletics combined. Boom. So
0: slapped you in the face,
1: right? That's like <laughs> that's like the the Levens are like the majority of people's number one sneaker, and I don't argue that. I, I agree. It's like when people tell me Tupac's their favorite rapper of all time. Okay, I can't argue that. Yeah,
0: you can't. You can't. I can't. You gotta
1: it's, gotta, gotta like, roll with it. You can't. Yeah. So, so Jordan 11 is at number five. Number four, and, and when I tell you this, too, a lot of times my, my favorite shoes aren't necessarily the design, but more my experience and my journey in those particular shoes. Okay. So at number four is the uh, infrared Jordan 6s. Okay. And the reason why is um, – I actually broke my leg in those shoes. Byron Larkin, who played at Xavier, yeah. actually kicked me in the knee by accident and I broke my leg in those shoes. So um, I wore those shoes in therapy um, after I had the surgery, recovery, and really that shoe kind of represents like my grind. Cause I did, that, I did that going into my freshman year of high school. Okay, It changed how I played. Hmm. I became way more of an athletic player and you know, I, so I, when, every time I see that shoe, I think about that experience. So number four is the infrared sixes. Um, at number uh, three are the uh, the steel tens. Okay. Um, a okay. lot of, a lot of people don't like the tens. Um, I should oh. say a lot of people don't like the tens. I take that back. Uh, a lot of people don't have the steel tens in their top five. I should say. Okay, I can see um, that. For me. Um, that was like a tough period for me in basketball. I was kind of like out of basketball and um, I didn't know if I'd ever play again. It was just a, it was just a tough time, but I kind of had to find a way to work through it. So that shoe, and, and you gotta remember, Michael Jordan wasn't playing. Oh, you're right, that's a, yeah, right. I'm playing that shoe, so. That's the baseball,
0: that's the baseball
1: shoe. That, uh, well, the nine, he wore the nines when he played with the Barons mostly yeah so so he th- there's only really there's only like two real images of jordan wearing the steel uh tens and that is in the scotty pippen charity game he wore them, and then he wore them in a commercial other than that you know most people have never seen him in that particular shoe because now he came back wearing the four or five the four or five what knows the, the, the he was wearing the tens. The tens, right? The black and red. White,
0: black and red, right? Black
1: and tins, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Love, but they love it because he was wearing them. Yeah. But for me, JT, here, here's what happened. Because Michael wasn't wearing them, Michael wasn't playing. I was going through a lot. Um, I was giving up basketball. If Michael would have been playing, I would have been probably inspired to keep pushing through. But Michael yeah. wasn't playing, so I couldn't look to my idol and hoops. So I had mm-hmm. to kind of work internally and lean on friends so that shoe means a lot to me yeah um number two um the taxi uh 12s the Jordan 12s yeah um I think visually that's the probably visually it's the coolest shoe on court of all time so if you are courtside or if you're in the last row of an arena that shoe just sticks out because it's so minimalistic, and it's, it's all white, but it's got this black splat on the side. Yeah. Black. But, but no matter where you sit, it just has this visual to it that I think is so dope. And um, the thing about that shoe that sticks to me is the first time I ever saw Michael Jordan play live, he was wearing those. He played in an exhibition game in Louisville versus the Sacramento Kings. Mitch Richmond was guarding him and I went to the game. First time I've ever seen Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. You'll, 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 This story's crazy, right? So I'm going with my friend, Mike Sanders and Kenny Cole. We're going to the game and we stopped to get Burger King on the way to Louisville. And we're in, I think it's Mike Sanders, he had like a minivan and <laughs> I'm not used to being in a minivan. So when I get out to close the door, I slam the door But I slam my pinky in there and my pinky almost comes like cuts off and blood is shooting everywhere. So I run into Burger King, JT, and I'm holding my hand like to my chest. Yeah, Blood is squirting out. And I run into Burger King and Mike and Kenny were like, hey, we need help. And so it looks like I'm shot. Yeah so a lady goes, he's shot, he's shot, And I'm like, no, my my finger. People are like all oh, panicking now. Blood squirt. This is true yeah. squirt. So I go and I um I wash it out and I, I wrap like um napkins around my, yeah. my finger. And so I mean my finger, like if I know you can't see it now, but yeah. my, my pinky still has this big gash on it Dang. and it's it's crooked. And so I say to my friends, I'm like, What do we do? I need to go to the hospital, but Michael's playing. (laughs) He got tough it out. And I look at him (laughs) and I'm like, "All right, fellas, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen." So we go to the arena, we go to the Freedom Hall, right? Yeah. And we, (laughs) (laughs) I go to the medical people, but like the, I don't even know what you call them to the, like where the medical people are for the for the fans, and I show my finger, and the dude is like this is crazy he's like you like you shut this in the door and he and he's like i can see your bone he's like you got to go you've got to go to you know urgent care right now and i'm like all right um i, I got to tell you something and this guy like looks at me and i'm like you don't understand i i i've grown up a huge michael jordan fan this is the first time i've ever seen him play live i am not missing this opportunity and this guy looks at me and he goes you are nuts. He's like, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. He's like, we're going to wrap it really tight. He's like, by the second half, that thing is going to be throbbing, but you can make it through. After the game, go right to urgent care. So we go to our seats. Sorry for this long story.
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: We, we, we go to our seats, and I'm man, I'm in awe of Michael Jordan. We're kind of like we're in a second level. I'm yeah. in awe of Michael Jordan, and I, I kind of forget about the pain because I'm watching my idol. Yeah. Man, I tell you what. Halftime, that thing started going
0: boop, 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 boop.
1: And I swear it was like a cartoon. My hands like growing. <laughs> I get so I'm like, look, I don't know how long I can make it. Let's try to sneak down. Tell my buddies, let's sneak down to like to center, like to uh to front row behind the bench and see if we can actually like see Michael. Yeah. Do we sneak all the way down to the front row behind the bench and there? Bulls are in a timeout and Michael's right there. People yell, Michael, 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 Michael. Yeah. He won't turn around. And I'm like, Mike, I almost cut my finger off to come watch you play. You know, he turns his head and looks back and I have my camera and I take it yeah. and I got a picture of him looking back, which he's True. seen the picture. Now. Nice. Yeah. My buddy. So anyway, he was wearing a Jordan 12s then. So that shoe like. That shoe always will be special to me because that's that. crazy. That is a crazy story. I got a story. So the, the number one <laughs> shoe of all time is the uh, uh, Jordan Five Metallic Fives. You know that I was part of uh, recreating with the Jordan Company and released the uh, Jordan Ben Five, which um, my story was the uh, inspiration behind the shoe, which was super nice. cool. I'm so humbled by that. That's got to be my number one, right? I got my own shoe. I gotta have.
0: Yeah, for sure for sure you can't not let that be your number one shoe that's that'd be cheating yourself right there <laughs> you got to stamp on them so yeah that's legit
1: so what what do you have you gonna tell me your order man
0: or? oh man I'm gonna be all over the place man because I didn't even think of this this was just straight off the top of my head but uh all right I'm gonna go no order I'm gonna go no order so um definitely some jay's in there but uh all right the diamond turf Dions
1: mmm my
0: favorite in it so like with that like when i was younger i couldn't get a lot of shoes So, a lot of these shoes have a sentimental tug on me because you know i couldn't get them so it's like i wanted them when i was younger yes you know so it's like ah so like it'd be one of those shoes like dude you know mom can't get you those shoes so like when i got i think they re-came out when i was in school so i bought i bought a pair for sure and then um oh. the penny the uh first Penny ones.
1: Foam posits? For
0: the. See, that's going to be that's, it's tough. So, like, the thing is, huh. all right. You wore the foam posits first.
1: The blue. Right. Those were magic. The royal, the
0: royal blue foams. All right, It's got to be up there. Royal blue foams, Ooh. one. The four. I'm so a I'm guy. Right.
1: And I love those shoes. So, those
0: are great. Those are great. So, I'm going to go there. And then the Bugs Bunny eights. Ooh. So, those like
1: that's random
0: those are like one of my favorite favorite shoes like dude i wore those shoes so much when i had them like like i wore them i had so many outfits to go and it was crazy so like dude i w- I could wear that shoe like and not wear a shirt that somebody's seen for a whole month because i had so many outfits to go just with that shoe it was it was crazy
1: but you know what uh, That that was the magic of I think Michael Jordan at that time period because it, he, he married athletics, pop culture, like we all grew up on the Bucks Bunny, yeah. right? Yep. Everybody was on the cartoon stuff. So was, to put that together with a shoe, like-
0: It was great. It was great. I'm telling you, like those, those, all right. So then that, and then patent leathers, the patent leather Jason, black and reds for sure. Or the concourse, he, those are, that's a coin flip. Black and reds and Concord's can be like a coin flip for me, okay. um, and then my number one—well, I will say number one. My other, my fifth shoe. So they have just rebrung these out—the the, um, the um, blue and silver ones, blue white silver ones. I think they call the Japan ones. I think. Maybe. Okay.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, those are your those number are, ones. Nah, they're in my top five. So I think my Pats are the Bugs Bunny's might be my number one. Honestly, if I had to range it, okay. rank it. Okay. Um, but the uh, ones those and that, that was cool because like my senior year in high school me and my buddy we like randomly about to get some flight posits and we knew about these jays coming out so we we're like man this store only store we know it's like two stores we knew like where we were from in Dayton like man maybe they might have them but we kind of didn't we kind of shot it off like man it, we're not going to get them so like, as long as we get the phone posits we're happy so right so we bought the phone posits and early in the morning skip work or whatever and then you drive all the way to our store and it was like dude they've had two pairs left and they both were our size <laughs> so like we were in school like nope was only like two people had them in, in at UC and we were like one it was like me and a couple other people like I think Kale, my dude Kel might have had had a pair but me and my guy Martell had them and uh it was cool they were super cool I used to hoop in them even though you can't hoop in them once it's stupid it's like a foot death trap but uh i love those shoes yeah so those are those are my five that's just all top of my head too so
1: what i I like about see what i like about your top five is all those shoes have some sort of sentimental value to you it's not just oh they look dope but there was there's like a story behind Uh, oh yeah for sure let me squeeze